Hey friend, welcome to the Hustle with Heart podcast. I'm Erin Harrigan, a Christian wife, emptiness mom, speaker, coach, and lover of tacos. And I'm your host for the podcast, Taylor Made for Christian business women who have had success yet feel something is still missing. The heart of this show is to help entrepreneurs align results to God's truth. My mission is teaching women like you how to break free from overwhelm and overachievement so you can carry out God's assignment with clarity, serenity, and fulfillment. On this show, we apply biblical truth to business with practical application so you can tune out the world, tune into God's truth, and turn up focus to build a thriving kingdom business. If that sounds like you, you're in the right place. And if you're ready to learn to redefine hustle and pursue success God's way, let's get started. Do you ever feel like the distractions and the discontentment and the doubt are just taking over and they're sort of leaving you like a top spinning out of control? Well, in his book, Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill has a conversation with Satan and Satan talks about how he gets us drifting and the perils of drifting can impede our progress in our assignment. But listen, friends, there is a way through. So this month on the podcast, we are talking about drifting. And I'm just here to tell you that when I was recording this episode, I got it all done. And then this morning, I went to listen to the playback because you might recall, and thank you for your patience, that in the month of May, there were some gaps in my audio recording because my Wi-Fi was in and out. And guess what? I went back this morning to listen to this very episode that I recorded, and it was blank. There was no recording. The video was there. If you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, did you know I have a YouTube channel? Go check it out. Link in the show notes. So I had the video, but there was no audio. And therefore, the audio that I downloaded was completely blank. Turns out that I had my laptop muted, even though my microphone was working. And therein lies (laughs) an example of how the enemy wants to thwart what God has planned for his kingdom. So welcome again to me re-recording this episode. I've double-checked the audio. And last week, I also went out and bought a Wi-Fi extender that I put on the second floor of our townhouse just below my office. So it's midway between where the actual router is on the first floor and where my office is on the third floor so that we can stop that madness. And I don't have to keep telling you, please be patient with my audio. So if you listened to May episodes, thank you. And if you haven't, please be patient uh, because the enemy wants to get me drifting off purpose. And that just ain't going to happen. Not today, Satan. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right. So what is this idea of drifting? Well, I mentioned just a minute ago, when I read the book, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, you may be familiar with that name because he wrote Think and Grow Rich. It was an incredible book that was based on a pseudo conversation that Napoleon Hill had with the enemy. Not so different from the story that C.S. Lewis tells in the screw tape letters. It was especially haunting to listen to the book on audio instead of 
just reading the print, right? But in that book, in this this interview, Satan shares how he gets us off track and how he works against us to really turn us off course and thwart what God has planned. And this is how he defines drifting. It is the process through which the devil controls the souls of mankind. And it's generally accomplished through things like lack of purpose, confusing ideas or chaos or swirling thoughts, excesses like the world's mantra to go for more and to do more, right? And most namely fear, fear of stepping out into what the Lord's given us, fear of what others will think, fear that we are not equipped and qualified for the task. And that drifting is what can get us off track in our businesses. So this episode, we're talking about that. And all this month of June, we're covering what I call the three Ds of drifting, distraction, discontentment, and doubt. And in each episode after this one, I'm going to be unpacking those definitions and what we can do about them and hint what we can do about them, the practical action that we can take is to embrace and apply the four keys framework. And you can find my four keys guide to redefining hustle and pursuing success God's way down in the show notes if you don't already have it. So what's interesting about what we just talked about being the definition of drifting is that to me, it all boils down to the word covet. So to covet is to yearn to possess or to have something. Covet is mentioned throughout the Bible, of course, and it is a commandment. So clearly it's important to God that we follow that instruction. And the word for covet in the Bible, the Hebrew word, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, so let me just say I am not a Bible scholar, nor do I speak Hebrew, is chamad. And it is to lust after something or to have a strong desire. And when you think about how the enemy uses drifting and you think about this idea of the three Ds of distraction, discontentment, and doubt, they all come back to coveting. Why? Well, because distraction is us looking left and right and wanting what we don't have that someone else has that's further ahead of us and we get distracted. We get distracted by the shiny objects. We get distracted by the the call to go for more and to go to the top and all of these things. And there is nothing wrong with pursuing goals. It's not what I'm saying, but we can get distracted from our assignment very easily. And that can be a form of coveting. Discontentment is all about being discontent with what we have. That's a form of coveting. And then doubt is truly not trusting God, not trusting his promises, not trusting that he has qualified and equipped us to do what we cannot do on our own, which again is a form of coveting because it is a strong desire to want to be more than he's made us to be. It's a strong desire to want to walk out some other assignment, right? But here's what I love about this idea of coveting. So last fall of 2021, I had the opportunity to be a guest on Susan Macias's podcast, We're Not Done Yet. And it's all about emptiness. And we were talking about what it means to redefine hustle and pursue success God's way and how we spend a lot of time in imposter syndrome and worry about what others think of us and worry that we aren't far enough or we're not good enough and all the pieces. And she said, you know, I I had said to her, 
I often describe that as coveting. And that's not a word that we use a lot in today's world. But this idea of coveting, what she brought out for me and I share with you is that to covet is a sin, right? It's to break the commandment. And if we know that coveting is a sin, then guess what? That is freedom because we can ask forgiveness for that. We can repent for that. And while, by the way, it's never going to go away. I mean, friends, listen, we are always going to be coveting, even as much as we work really hard not to do that and to walk in the image of Christ. It's always there. But the beauty of our relationship with the Lord is that he can redeem that and he forgives that. But knowing that these things, this discontentment and doubt and distraction, that they can all be a form of coveting gives us freedom because we can repent from that, which is beautiful. All right. So the other thing that I discovered in researching the perils of drifting and thinking about how these three Ds are related to strongholds in our life I found some really incredible resources from Max Lucado, an author whom I covered last year, uh, a book um, on anxiety that, that he talked about, I covered last May, but also an amazing blog post on gotquestions.org. So those links to what I found from Max Lucado and gotquestions.org are down in the show notes. But let me just talk for a second about why I think these three Ds of drifting are related to strongholds. Distraction. Distraction is related to the stronghold of idolatry. What does that mean? That we're idolizing someone else's success. We're idolizing someone else's position. We're idolizing someone else's materials. We're idolizing someone else's life. And that is very distracting, right? We could be idolizing our business as the way that we're going to solve all of our problems, right? You've heard me talk about the fact that I idolized my business, that I made my business my savior. And so distraction, I believe, can be connected to the stronghold of idolatry. Discontentment, I believe, can be connected to the stronghold of pride because we are we have pride in what we have, but then we're discontent. and We want to go for more and we want it to be better. And again, I'm not telling you to not go for goals, but make sure that they are in alignment with what the Lord wants. Remember, pride comes before the fall. That's that's a part of Proverbs, I believe. And so we're not to be prideful in what we have so much so that we're dissatisfied, right? And then lastly, doubt is absolutely connected to the stronghold of lack of faith or having a worldly view. Why? Because doubt in and of itself in a nutshell, is not trusting the Lord. It's not believing his promises. It's not believing that who he says he made us to be or that he's predestined us for good works, that that's not true. It's it's doubting when we get into a situation or he's he's looking to stretch and grow us that we're thinking, I doubt my own abilities here, Lord. Like I am not made to do this. And yet he's saying, no, no, no what I call you to, I've equipped and qualified you for. So doubt is truly connected to a stronghold of lack of faith. But what are these strongholds about, right? And and how does that relate to the enemy getting us drifting? All right. Well, first let's talk about what I found from Max Lucado. So a stronghold in general is defined as a defensive structure, right? And what Max Lucado says is that 
these spiritual strongholds are really old, difficult, and discouraging challenges. We're challenged by being content with what we have. We're challenged to stay focused in doing what God has given us to do, even when we see everybody else marketing all of their other stuff. We are challenged by trusting that where he guides, he will provide, right? But let's go a little deeper into this idea of strongholds. And this is what the blog that I found on gotquestions.org said. Strongholds are a defensive structure where the enemy is firmly entrenched and strongly fortified to resist the truth and thwart God's plan of redemption. But where does the Bible talk about strongholds? Well, it's important for you to know that strongholds, that idea of stronghold is mentioned over 50 times in the Bible. And it commonly uses this to describe a fortress with difficult access. So if you think about the story of Jericho and Joshua and them trying to take down the walls of Jericho, it, it was difficult to access that, which is why God gave them what seemed to be a really ridiculous instruction to march around seven times for seven days and then blow the trumpets and the walls would fall. But other places that you can find this idea of strongholds and being a fortress discussed in the Bible are Judges 6-2, 1 Samuel 23-14, and 2 Samuel 5-7-9. through 9. And this is what it says in the gotquestions.org post. When King David first saw the city of Jerusalem, it was an old, ancient, cheerless fortress inhabited by enemies so no wonder it was twice called a stronghold. And that's in 2 Samuel 5, 7 through 9. So these strongholds and fortifications are what we face and that Paul calls out in 2 Corinthians 10. So in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, Paul talks about the battle that we're doing against these fortifications, right? And then he interprets this metaphor. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So what are those arguments and pretensions? That's the enemy's strongholds, pride, idolatry, lack of faith. We're going to get to that more in just a second. And these are the schemes of the enemy, and that we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.5. These pretensions are anything that have to do with pride or being self-centered or self-reliant. So if you imagine this portrait, here we are, we are Christians, and we're wearing our spiritual armor, which that's what it talks about in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, that we are to put on the armor of God and we are ready to conquer the world for Christ, right? But then we run into these obstacles and these are the obstacles that we run into. The fortress of human reasoning, right? Our logical human mind, the way the world operates, the, the, the pretense of logic, okay? The second thing that we run into, this article says, is the castle of passion. So this is that lusting and that desiring, right? These, these battlements that, that are defended by lust and pleasure and greed, right? That, that's that's the, the discontentment part of the three Ds of drifting. 
But then there's the pinnacle of pride. And this is what it says. This is where the human heart sits enthroned and revels in thoughts of its own excellence and sufficiency. I love that description. So think about this in your business, right? There you are. You are ready to go walk out the assignment God's given you. You have had success in the past and you're ready to continue to build the business for the kingdom glory of the Lord, right? And to serve your audience. And then you hit an obstacle. You hit human reasoning, which says that you should be driving, striving, and that success means you need to talk to this many people and get this many people closed, that that success is defined by six-figure business, right? You run into this castle of passion where you're desiring what other people have and you're seeing them show up and market their courses and their books and all of these things. And you're like, I'm supposed to be out there doing that too, right? And then you run into the doubt. Lord, are you sure I'm prepared to do this? I'm afraid to talk about this topic. What if I'm chastised? What if I lose followers? I'm afraid to quantify and niche down to this audience because what if I'm leaving people out or what if I miss potential clients, right? Do you face those distractions and those discontentments and doubts in your business? I don't know, friend. I know I do. And you know that I am always vulnerable to share with you that what I'm speaking on, I'm either going through right now or I've just walked through and I'm using this platform to allow my hindsight to be your foresight. I deal with drifting all the time. I was just having this conversation with my coach, Esther Littlefield. And I was saying, I feel like I'm supposed to launch this challenge, but yet I feel God saying, no, I need you to trust where I am guiding you. And I was having this back and forth in my mind about marketing my one-on-one coaching or marketing my rooted group coaching. And Esther reminded me that visibility, the content that I'm sharing on social media, the content that I share through my podcast, all of that is marketing. And I was like, what? But the enemy would have me believe that that wasn't good enough. The enemy would have me distracted looking left and right at what everyone is doing and discontented that what I was doing was not enough, clearly, because people were getting ahead of me and then doubtful that what I was doing was even reaching anyone, right? You face these challenges in your business as well. And that is why we're supposed to put on the armor of God, because these are battles that we're not meant to fight alone. And these are not battles that we can see and touch and feel with our hands. These are battles against the enemy the enemy. So what can you do about it? Let me take the last few minutes of this and talk about what exactly we can do to overcome this, because there is practical application here, real true steps that you can take. In Isaiah 26 verses three and four, this is what it says. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is rock eternal. What's the practical application? We have got to embrace and seek out God's definition of us, God's definition of our assignment and our purpose and success. What does his definition say about us as individuals? Secondly, we've got to seek out how he directs us. Lord, what step do you want me to take next? What is that next right step? Before we start to overthink it and think we have to do 20 million things, do the things he's given us to do. 
right? This is very often where we get trapped in overwhelm and overachievement because number one, we're defining ourselves and success and our purpose by what the world says and by the what the world says it has to look like. And then number two, we are trying to follow our own direction. So then we become overachievers, right? Because God's given us three steps and we've taken six, okay? Isaiah is so clear. He will keep us in perfect peace when our minds are steadfast in trusting him, focusing on him. But next, in Isaiah 37, 20, here's the next great truth that we know about the Lord. And in 37, 20, in, in 37, um, King Hezekiah is praying for the Lord to protect his kingdom, to protect the people. And this is, as he's praying, um, in, in 20, it says, now, Lord, our God, deliver us from their hands, deliver us from the Assyrian kings, so that all the kingdoms of the earth, earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. What is the point here? What's the practical application? Take it to the Lord. Be disciplined in starting and ending your day with the Lord. Be disciplined in surrendering your outcomes and your to-do lists and your goals and your vision board to the Lord. This is what King Hezekiah did. And guess what? When you do that, the Lord will show up and show you which way to go. And he will bring greater outcomes from your small steps than you could ever imagine or do on your own. So practically, this is what it looks like. Our four keys, right? Allow him to define and direct you. Put that into discipline in the action that you take. And when you do that, you will continue to develop. Your armor will get stronger. Your ability to, to be aware that the enemy is getting you drifting. Your ability to recognize that you're being distracted or that you're being discontent or that you're being doubtful will come into full view more quickly so that you're able to ask the Lord to forgive you and redeem those things. Friends, the perils of drifting are that they're never going to go away. We're always going to face distraction and discontentment and doubt. But when we apply these four keys, which are really based on worshiping him, seeking him, listening to him and obeying him, this is just a practical framework to do that. When we do that, the gap between the perils of, of drifting and how far we drift will close. They won't fully close. We'll always face it on the side of heaven, but we will be able to work through it to unlock clarity and serenity and fulfillment and walk out the assignment that he's given us. I cannot wait to hear what you think about this. DM me, share on social, all the things, and be sure that you tune in for the next three episodes because we're going to take each of those Ds and reveal more about what they mean for us and the strongholds that we face. So until next time, I encourage you and I'm praying for you to tune out the world, tune into God's truth, and turn up focus to build your thriving kingdom business. Hey, ambitious Christian woman building a thriving kingdom business. Do you ever feel like you've experienced success, yet you're still feeling empty and stagnant in your business? Does the hustle of business secretly fuel your adrenaline, but you wish you could do it with calm and joy instead of frantic, frazzled energy? Do you believe that God has a purpose for your business, but you're not sure how, or maybe you're a little afraid to actually let him lead? 
the right coaching that combines biblical truth and business principles with a personalized approach can help you break free from the overwhelm and overachievement that you're feeling so that you can walk out his assignment with clarity, serenity, and fulfillment. And that's what I do. Let's explore how I can help you tune out the world, tune into God's truth, and turn up focus to grow your business and impact. Schedule your 15-minute discovery call with me today at erinharrigan.com slash discovery call, or click the link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle With Heart podcast each week. I pray it brings you value as you pursue success God's way to build a thriving business. Remember to check the show notes for my free tool and other helpful links. If this episode speaks to you, take a screenshot, share it with a friend, or share it on social and tag me. And come find me on Voxer, where I love to connect with listeners in my podcast hangout. The link is in the show notes. I'm praying for you, friend, that you'll experience the joy of learning to hustle with heart and that pursuing success God's way will produce much fruit and impact His kingdom in greater ways than you could ever imagine. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.